The following message by Pastor Tim is brought to you by Together in Christ. Happy Easter to all of you. It's good to see you here this morning. If you want to take out your Bible with me, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 27 uh, to start there at the end, beginning in verse 57. I want to read all the way through chapter 28, verse 7. As this morning, we look at the importance of the resurrection together, of why we needed the resurrection of Christ. So in Matthew chapter 27, we'll begin in verse 57. Should be a Bible in front of you, a pew rack in front of you. If you do not have one, I'd encourage you to grab one of those and follow along, follow along with me as I read. It says, when it was evening, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who, was also, who also was a disciple of Jesus. He went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the entrance of the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there sitting opposite the tomb. The next day, that is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that imposter said while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people, he has risen from the dead, and and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a guard of soldiers, go make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly. And tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. Today, as we gather together for Easter Sunday, we gather together to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I know we have the cross back here and we have these uh, crosses up. And we looked at that on Good Friday together in our service there of the importance of the cross and the importance of the death of our Savior, the death of Jesus Christ. But today our focus is on the resurrection. It really is an amazing thing to think about and to contemplate for us as believers that at this very moment, this very second, the Savior that we serve, Jesus, is alive and well. He's 100% alive. We do not serve a a dead God. No, we, we serve a living God, and this sets us apart from all other faiths and all other religions, because really, we sound maybe even more crazy than them, saying we serve a God that is completely alive. We serve a Savior that, yes, he died, but he rose again, and he ascended on high, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father at this very moment, and that's what we celebrate. That's, what, that's why we come together to worship, to worship this, this God. When we hear about the resurrection story, we see throughout scripture that it's something that is true. It's something that can be uh, trusted. Uh, We see even in historical accounts how Jesus would reveal himself to many people after his resurrection. 
And be honest, there's been a lot of sermons, there's been a lot of uh, Bible studies and things on that very topic, looking at all the different times that Jesus would show himself after his resurrection and proving his resurrection to be historically true. And those are good studies to do. Those are good sermons uh, to listen to. Uh, But that's not my point this morning. The question that was on my mind this week in preparing for our message this morning, the sermon time, and thinking about the resurrection was really pretty simple. Why did Jesus need to rise from the dead? And specifically, uh, when it comes to our salvation, when it comes to us being, being saved by his grace, why was it so important for not just the cross, but then also for, for Jesus to get up out of the tomb and to rise? And so today we're going to jump around some in, in scripture. The, the verses will be on the screen to help with that. But I want to see what the Bible has to say about that. Because to be honest, when I started this journey on Monday, there's not a lot of information out there on this. I found that to be quite shocking. I actually told Spencer, he's our resident smart guy, I said, you should write a book on this because there's not many out there. There's, a, there's an opening here, I think, for you to make some money because I just couldn't find a ton of information on the resurrection and the need of that in our salvation specifically. We'll talk about this some towards the end of the sermon. I can find a lot of information on the fact that Jesus rose again ensures that we will rise again. And that's great news. And we're going to talk about that some today as well. And so there was a lot of material on that. But of, of all the different heresies that I've come across, actually face-to-face with individuals, probably one of the biggest ones is people who will tell me, Jesus did not rise physically from the dead. And they say, in fact, we don't even need that. What we need is a spiritual resurrection, which the Bible speaks of. But they believe that Jesus uh, died on the cross, was taken, and he was, he was thrown away with the rest of the thieves. And so there's no telling where his, his body is. But for them, their faith, what they said, is it's not important, again, for the resurrection in my salvation or, or in my relationship with God. But the fact is, the Bible speaks to something very different. Very different than what they are saying. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, we have nothing. We are here today and we are honestly wasting our time. We should not be here. We should be enjoying the beautiful weather that we have outside, maybe spending some time with family, or we should be doing something else because sitting here listening to me would be a huge waste of time, which some might question anyways. Because Jesus has to rise for the dead in order for us to be saved, in order for us to be a part of his family, it is very important that he would rise from the dead. Now, understand this. It is, very, it is, it is impossible to separate the cross from the resurrection. It was extremely hard on Friday to do a message just about the cross without saying anything that he rose again later. Very difficult to just focus on the cross and the importance of it. And I'm going to do my best today to just focus on the resurrection. But I do want to state it's very hard to separate the two. In our faith, as we share the gospel with people, as we speak the truth of God's word, we are, we are not doing justice to it if we don't mention the cross and the resurrection. They go together. They have to go together. And so as we look, about the, as we look at this, Again, this is in terms of our salvation. The first point that I think we need to point out 
is that we have a need for the resurrection uh, when it comes to us being saved or us being heard or coming to faith even at all. Uh, Where I'm going to go for that is Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. The writer of Hebrews would say this. It says, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Now, when it's talking about he there, always lives, the writer of Hebrews is talking about Jesus. In the book of Hebrews, especially in Hebrews chapter 6 through 8, what the writer is doing is the writer is arguing for Jesus as a priest. If you remember, in the Old Testament, priests could only be uh, the Levites. Jesus was not that. And so there would be an argument. Well, how can he be a priest? How can he be the great high priest? And so the book of Hebrews really walks through that. I'd encourage you to read that if you want to know uh, more about that. But according to the law, the priests were the one who would go to God seeking forgiveness on behalf of the people. That was the job of the priests. And so in the Old Testament, you couldn't do that. You had to go to a priest to do that. And the priests would then mediate on your behalf. The priests would talk to God for you and would seek forgiveness for you through sacrifices and through that prayer. They would also, the priests would obey the law. They would perform the sacrifices that were necessary throughout the year, throughout the week. This is what they would do. But in the book of Hebrews, what the writer is showing us is wants us to see that what we have in Jesus is we have a better priest than any priest that came before. And the reason for that is this, because he lives forever. Because Jesus lives forever. So the writer would say, listen, those, those old priests would die and we would need a new one. And this is why every year we would have to come again and again and again because they had sin in their life and they would die. And then we'd have to find a new high priest. They would die and we'd have to find more priests. And that was a problem, but not in Jesus. In Jesus, we have a priest that lives forever. And what we're told in this passage here of Hebrews is not only does he live forever, but as he's living, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father and he is interceding on our behalf. That our Savior is actually talking to God the Father on my behalf, on your behalf as a Christian, speaking to him, interceding for us. And so what this opens up for us is now we have the ability, we have the ability in prayer through Jesus to speak to God the Father. And now, if you know anything about salvation, the way to be saved is by grace through faith. And so there is a response that we do and we go to God the Father and we say, I seek forgiveness of my sins through Jesus. That is the promise. That is the promise. Now catch this. If Jesus was not alive, we couldn't go to the Father and ask that. He wouldn't hear us because we would have no mediator. And so it is vital that Jesus rose from the dead just so that the Father would hear our pleas for mercy. And thankfully, Jesus rose again and is sitting at the right hand and he does hear our pleas so that we can be assured that when we go to the Father through Jesus, seeking forgiveness of our sins through Christ, we will be heard because our Savior is alive. Our Savior is alive to relay that message to the Father so we can be heard. But not just in that. There's a need for the resurrection in our regeneration. I know that's a a big word. But it's because of the resurrection 
that we can have new life in Christ. The Bible speaks of this, of this new life that is found in Christ. When we are saved by his grace, that, that God gives us this new life. And the only reason that that can happen, the only reason that that, that takes place is because of the resurrection. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It doesn't point to the cross for this new life. It points to the resurrection. Or you can go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 6, which we'll be in pretty soon as we continue to go through Ephesians after this morning. It says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love which, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If, if, God, the Father, if, if God the Father didn't raise his son, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then I can't be risen from my death and my sin. There's no new life that can be found in Christ. But yet what we see is because of the resurrection, this is what I can have, right? Jesus has been sacrificed for our sin, right? But he has conquered the penalty of sin, which is death. How? By the resurrection. He paid, he paid on the cross the penalty of God's wrath, right? The Father's wrath was poured out on him. But, but he didn't really conquer death on the cross, did he? On the cross he died, and he went and he went into a tomb. But where we really see victory taking place is when those women go to the tomb and the tomb is empty. That's where victory now has been brought up because death has been destroyed. The penalty for sin has been destroyed. The grave couldn't hold him. And so now, as believers, we live a new life in Christ, right? Looking forward to the day when that new life is fully experienced, but yet, still at this moment, we know as Christians, we are given a new life. That's why, that's why we believe in believer's baptism, because that's what baptism symbolizes. We got to, we got to witness uh, baptism last week. It was really good. It was good to hear the testimonies. It was good to see the baptism. But that's what it symbolized. They're symbolizing this new life in Christ. Stood dry, dead, underwater, cleaned, sins washed away, come up what? To a new life. A living hope in Jesus because of the work that he has done in their life. That's the, that's the symbolism that we have there in baptism. And without the resurrection, this simply wouldn't be possible. Our life in Christ is because he lives. The reason you're being molded and shaped into the image of God's son as a believer is because he lives. The reason that hopefully the fruits of the Spirit are indwelling you and people notice that about you and you're seeing yourself grow in these areas is why it's because he lives and you can have a new life in Christ well we continue on not just in coming to faith not just in our regeneration or our new life but we have a need for the resurrection and our justification there's a verse in Romans it's Romans chapter 4 verse 25 and it really is a very exciting verse, and I think it's an exciting verse to point out, especially this morning, celebrating Easter together. Because it tells us in Romans 4, verse 25, listen, it says, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. 
Now, a lot of times when you talk about justification, which we have talked about tons of times in here together, you hear about the cross, you hear about the price that was paid on the cross, you hear about the blood that was spilt, and this is what justified God's wrath, even as I stated that a moment ago. But if there was no resurrection, there would be no justification. If there was no resurrection, you and I would stand guilty before God with no hope whatsoever. The condemnation would be thrown down on us. You are a sinner, therefore you deserve to die. And we would have nothing. If it was just about some man who died on a cross, was buried or thrown off to the dogs and never rose again, we couldn't claim that man's name. Because it doesn't mean anything for just person to die. There's been many people throughout the years, throughout history, who've died for a good cause. There's been people who's laid their life on the line for other people who maybe they don't even know. We celebrate that in America, 4th of July, Veterans Day, Memorial Day. We have people in our life we don't even know, but they lay down their life. Why? For us. For freedoms that we have and experience. What does that mean to my salvation? What does that mean in my relationship with God? It means absolutely nothing. And what we see in this verse of Romans chapter 4 is that because the tomb is empty, because Jesus rose again, I actually can be justified. Paul talks about it very plainly in 1 Corinthians 15, 17, when he says, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. And so thinking about justification in terms of in resurrection, how does that go together? Well, justification is a, a legal term. It's a legal term about us being justified before God. How can, how can I be justified before God? I, I've sinned against him and him alone, David would say. And so how do I restore that? How does that relationship get restored? Well, that's where justification comes in. God has made a way for us to be justified. How? Through his son, Jesus. Through the penalty that he paid on the cross by him being buried, but also then by him rising from the dead. God has done all this work of justification through his son. And I don't know why this was so pointed for me this week, but you think about Jesus living that perfect life. The Bible tells us that he's fully God, fully man, which is hard for our little brains to comprehend. The Bible then tells me that he dies for my sins and that he paid the price for my sin. But what Paul is pointing out here in Romans is that without this resurrection, actually, there would be no true justice in God whatsoever. And I want you to catch this point. Because the justice of God says this, Sin equals death. But the problem with Jesus is this. There was no sin. And so what we actually saw on the cross and him dying was not justice. It was a horrible act. It was something that shouldn't have been done. And so that is why three days later, we see Jesus rise from the dead. Why? Because God actually is just. Jesus didn't deserve to die. And so he needed to rise again because there was no sin found in him. There was, there was no guilt in him whatsoever. He had to come up out of that tomb if God is actually just. And we see that God is just. And so without that, we could not be justified because we couldn't go before God and say, but you are a just God if Jesus was still in the grave because he wouldn't be just. But because he's not in the grave, I know I can go to God and I can say, you are a just God. You are a God that I can trust, 
that I know his promises are true, that holds to his law, that holds to his truth. And we see in his truths that we can, we can be found justified in Jesus, not just because of his death, not just because of the cross, not just because of the beatings, but because of the resurrection. We can be found in Jesus's perfection, in him, by him, through him. But also, not just in justification, we see the need for resurrection in our perseverance in our faith. I'll appeal back to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, which we read first, that talks about the fact that Jesus is there interceding for us. It really is interesting to think of how the Savior right now at this moment, if, you, if you've been saved by his grace, is appealing to the Father on your behalf, speaking of you personally, directly to the Father, caring about you. We see in other places in Scripture that the Holy Spirit does the exact same thing, intercedes on our behalf for things that we don't even know. Oftentimes when we go, when we go in prayer, and maybe this is how you are, we have certain things on our mind, and the fact is we're probably not actually praying about the things we should be praying about. We're focused on how we feel. We're focused on other people, you know, and how they feel and what they're going through in different situations and different circumstances. But yet the promise that we have is we have this promise that although I might not be praying perfectly, my Savior is for me. The Holy Spirit is for me. The things that I actually need the things that actually I need to be praying for to the Father, those are the things that he is saying. And so I connect this to our perseverance in our faith because without that, we would fall. Without that, we would fail. Jesus is continually doing this. Remember, I mentioned in the Old Testament, it was the priest who would do this. They would, they would continually be praying for the nation and making these sacrifices. Yet now we have the better priest than Jesus who does this for us. Really, I think this shows us the need for the gospel every day in our lives, even as believers. It's something that we never grow too much in. You know, we, I'm past that, Pastor. You need to start giving me the meat of Scripture. I, I know Jesus died. I, I know he rose again. I need something more. Give me something more. No, you don't. That's the most important thing for you to understand. That's the most important thing that we need to be grasping every single day is our desperate need for the gospel every single second of every single day. And we can rest assured as Christians in this, Jesus is providing it every single day, every single second. And so I don't have to fear that I'm going to lose that. I can persevere in the faith. Why? Because he persevered on the cross, he rose again, and at this moment, he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding on my behalf so that I can do it. That's what's happening right now. And so because he lives, I can persevere. Without the resurrection, we would never have this freedom that we have in Christ. But because of the resurrection, we can be free in him. Well, lastly, I mentioned this uh, at the very beginning but the need for the resurrection and our resurrection. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14, Paul would write, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Really the hope that we have as Christians, our hope of being with God for eternity, it's wrapped up in the resurrection. 
It's wrapped up in Jesus coming out of that tomb. It's wrapped up in Jesus ascending to the Father and promising that he will return so that we can be with him. And the only reason that we know that this verse is true is because the resurrection happened. Those so-called Christians out there who would claim Jesus never rose again, how can they have any hope at all that they will rise? If God the Father wouldn't raise his own son, what makes you think he's going to raise you? What makes us think that there's anything else beyond this life? Nothing. But that's the importance of the resurrection. That's why it's so important, I think, and good that we celebrate this day of Resurrection Sunday. Because this is where our hope lies. We look forward to that day when Christ will return. We look forward to that day when we'll be freed of sin anymore in our life. When we'll be freed from the struggles and the, and the hurts and the, and the pain that we go through each and every day. You, you know what that is. I mean, just, just a moment ago, sitting right here, I get a text from someone. Will you pray for my dad? I'm, I'm going there. He just took a turn for the worst with COVID. He's on a ventilator. They're not, they're, there's a lot going on. I look forward to the day I don't have to get those texts anymore. You know, I look forward to the day when I don't have to walk into the funeral home again or, or talk with a, a couple who was so excited that they were going to have a baby, but guess what? They miscarried. And you got to deal with that. The hope of Easter, the hope of the resurrection, the fact that Jesus resurrected, rose again from the grave and sits with the Father now is the only hope we have that we don't have to worry about that stuff at some point any longer. It's the promise that we've been given. All this will fade and you will be with me in glory forever. Sadly, a lot of people today think this is the best life that they're going to have. They think this is the best thing. And so they're trying to gain everything. They're trying to earn everything. They're trying to buy time. They, they spend money on all sorts of things. They, they invest in relationships. They do all this stuff. Why? Because this is the most important time that they have. I got to say, I'm thankful that that's not true. Because if that's the case, what a sad existence. What a painful existence. What a hurtful, harmful existence to live. But we've been promised as believers, as those who've been saved by Christ, who've been forgiven of our sins, we have been promised that because he was resurrected, we will be resurrected. That this is not our home, that our, our hope isn't found in the things of this earth. Our, our hope is found in Jesus, that our hope is found in him, that my faith is in him and in him alone, not, not on myself, not on the things of this world, not anybody else in this world, but my faith is in Christ alone. And I know that in him alone can I be raised from the dead because he alone was the perfect one who could be the sacrifice. He alone was the one who, if God was just, would raise from the dead. And he alone is the one that I can find my salvation in and through. I don't know where you stand today in your faith. I have no idea. But I hope it's cemented in Christ. I hope it is only in Christ. Because if it's in other things, then you're not in Christ. You know, if it's in Jesus, but also this thing over here, whatever it might be, attending church or being good, then it's not really in Jesus. 
You need to be found in Jesus. And I would beg and plead with you this morning to put your faith, your hope, your trust in him. Spencer said it well a little bit ago. Jesus would say, go first to Jerusalem, to the people who just killed him and say, my forgiveness is for them too. This morning, no matter how bad you think you are, no matter how deep you feel you are in sin, no matter how stained you think you are by the corruption of sin and all these things, I, I have good news for you this morning. You are not too deep for Jesus. You might be too deep for your parents. You might be too deep for a lot of churches, a lot of good people, but not for Jesus. If he's tugging, if he's pulling at you, if, if you get this sense that this is true, what, I think what the pastor's saying this morning is true. I would tell you, by faith then, just believe. Let God know, I believe this. I trust in Jesus. And the Bible says when you do that, you will be saved. You will be promised of the resurrection. You will be with him in glory. You will be adopted to him as a son or as a daughter. You will be a part of the family of God. Your past is forgiven, but good news, so is your future. So is your present. You will be his child. I hope that you'll do that this morning. For those of us today who we know that we're found in Christ, we've been saved by his grace. Let's not take the resurrection for granted. Let's not take it for granted. Let's not take the gospel message for granted. Let's not act as if there's something deeper that we need to know or something deeper that we need to understand or something more that we need to do to grasp it over and over again. Let's just revel in the fact that for some reason, God the Father would choose you and to find you perfectly clean in the blood of his son. And that one day we'll be resurrected with him into glory forever. That's good news. That's why we celebrate the resurrection. That's why we celebrate Easter. I hope you won't be tricked or confused into those, again, I don't want to call them Christians because I don't think that's the case, who say, we don't need the resurrection. We just needed the cross. Oh, no. We have no faith apart from the resurrection. That's why it's good to know there's no tomb there's no grave, there's no field, there's no place that we can go to find the bones of our Savior because they're in glory with the Father. Let's bow together. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth of it. God, for those of us who've been saved by your grace, it's our only life source. It's our identity. It's who we are. And God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you that my justification, my new life isn't based on me. It's, it's not based on anything I do because, God, I, I would fail miserably all the time. But, God, it's on the finished, complete work of Christ. How he would go to the cross and be beaten, be whipped, and die for my sin. But God, how he would rise again for victory over death, over hell, over the grave. God, for doing that in obedience to you, but you showing your love for us through that. God, help us to never cease to praise you. Help us to never cease to
worship you. I pray that the gospel message, the resurrection would be on the forefront of our minds all the time. That we would know we're resurrected people. We're people saved from sin. And God, as we talked about Friday, we, we look forward desperately to the day when Jesus will return, not to judge, but to bring back with him those that have been forgiven. God, that's our hope. That's what we rest in. So God, we pray that that day would come. God, as we get ready to sing this last song, I pray that we would reflect on your word. God, there may be people here this morning who need to trust in you by faith, realizing that it's the work of Christ, not their own, that saves them. God, I pray that in humility, throwing their pride aside, they would bow to you as Savior, as Lord. God, we trust you with that. Help us to respond how we should now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Let's sing. You have been listening to a message by Pastor Tim from Together in Christ. This content has been provided to you by Monroe Missionary Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at mmbconline.org.